Hi everyone, and welcome to the Money Mentors podcast, hosted by myself, Glenn Fairburn, and my co-host Nathan Lear. We're proudly brought to you by Hewson Private Wealth, one of Australia's leading independent financial planning and wealth management firms. The objective of our podcast is to improve financially financial awareness and financial literacy. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about the benefits and disadvantages, perhaps, of repaying debt versus investing. Um, having a bit of a discussion about that and also delving into, into some alternative strategies. Um, just before we kick off, just remember that this is of a general nature. So before you act on anything that we've spoken about, please just seek advice from your advisor. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Um, on this podcast, we've spoken a lot about the importance of just starting a long-term investment strategy or long-term investment portfolio, the benefits being that the earlier you start, the sooner you can benefit from the power of compounding returns, which, as we've explained a few times before, is really just earning interest on the interest, um, which can be really powerful and an effective way to accumulate wealth over the long term. Um, but for a lot of people out there, they've probably got loans, um, whether that's personal loans against um, assets like cars or, or loans that are taken out for, for holidays, or probably more likely loans against homes that they've purchased that they're living in. Um, so quite often the question is, look, I've got some excess cash, you know, whether it's a gift from family or they've earned a bonus or they've just managed to save a little bit of money um, on top of the repayments that they're making against their loan. And the question is, do I repay it against my loan or do I set up a portfolio and really get that sort of wealth accumulation plan in place? Um, so Nathan and I just wanted to have a bit of a chat about um, both of those options. So whether you repay debt versus invest, just explore those in further detail, look at the implications, the pros and cons, and hopefully give you um, a bit of a, an understanding as to what perhaps you should be doing. So Nathan, what would be the first thing that you would con- I suppose, say to clients or people who are saying, look, should I pay my mortgage off or should I start investing these funds? Yeah. Obviously, it's very dependent on the, the individual circumstances, but probably generally we'd say paying, paying down the debt is a, is a guaranteed return. Uh, and what, when we say guaranteed re- return, we talk about the fact that the, the interest, if you use those monies, that, that money, let's say you'd built up a little bit, of, so you've got a loan, you've built up a little bit of money, if you put that money towards the loan, you know you're saving whatever your interest rate is. So let's say the interest rate's 5%. That's a guaranteed saving or a turn of 5%. So yeah. probably generally that's what we would say first. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, and I suppose just, just to expand on that a little bit, the the interest that you're paying on your loan, when you repay a lump sum amount, amount against the loan, you're right. I mean, you are saving that 5% and you're not, you're not taxed on that. So just to explain the alternative, if under that situation someone was to invest that money in a interest-bearing deposit, so like a term deposit, and they were getting six, you know, if if it's a normal interest rate environment, let's just say they're getting six or seven percent. Depending on what their tax rate is, they could potentially lose half of that return. Mm. So their net return might be like three percent. Whereas if interest rates are like five, then you're better off repaying the mortgage because. You're not, you're not being taxed on that interest saving that you're getting. And as you were saying, there's no investment risk attached to that either, either is there? That's right, yeah. So you definitely need to consider the tax implications because you might think you're getting a better return than your interest rate, but after tax, 
you might not be getting a better return. And quite often it can be almost double what, depending on what your, your um, tax rate is, the return that you need to beat paying off your mortgage can be double what the home loan rate is, can't it? Well, if you're on the top marginal rate of tax and you're generating a, a what, let's call it a 10% return, you, you, yeah. you, you're really netting, what, say half of that after yeah, close tax. To five. Close yeah. to five. So that's why if the interest rate is 5% you're paying, you might think, oh, I'm getting 10, I'm way ahead on my investment returns. But if you bring tax back into the equation, you might not be. Yeah, tax and also... I mean, you could say, well, you know, I'm pretty confident that I can get 10% per annum from a share portfolio or, or, or a property investment. Um, but as you were saying, you need to take into account the tax that you'll be incurring on that investment, but also the risk attached to it as well, isn't it? Because yeah, there's no guarantees yeah. you're going to get 10%. Def- definitely not. Very difficult to year in year. I mean, you might you might average out over many, many years, but in the, in the short term, who knows what, what that return might look like from year to year. So I suppose being conservative, um, repaying debt, well, one, it's, it's a guaranteed rate of return. Um, you don't have any market risk whatsoever. And depending on what the interest rate environment is, it, it's, still, it's a pretty good return, isn't it? When you take into account the tax that would otherwise apply to an investment. Um, so even in a very low interest rate environment like we're in now where home loan rates might be between 4 or 5%, as we were saying, in that environment, an investment would need to generate between 8 and 10% per annum. Now, some people might say, well, that's not that high, but it's still a pretty good rate of return, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and you'd want to... Obviously, it depends on your on your individual tax rate, but you'd also want a margin of safety, as we as we spoke about just before. Yeah, so, so just, just explain that, like the margin oh, of safety. Oh, just the margin of safety. So let's say... Let's say your your interest rate is is four, and you've worked out that you need to get at least let's say you're on the top marginal rate, and yeah. you need to get at least eight percent to to kind of break even after tax. Well, you'd want to build in a margin of safety, so you'd want to get at least ten percent per annum, for example. So, you know, if if things don't quite go as you plan in terms of investment returns or interest rates go up, you just want to build in a bit of a, a margin of safety or a bit of fat into the strategy that you're not adversely affected if things go against you. Yeah, and we're talking average returns, aren't we? Because some years it might be 10, other years it might be 5, then it might be 15, it might be negative as well. So that's why when you do go into that approach, you really do need to take a long-term view. Um, so just if, if you and I both agree that you know normally it's better that you repay debt if you've got some surplus funds because it provides you that guaranteed rate of return, takes away the market risk, um, and we said even in a low interest rate environment that the rate of return or the net return that you're getting by repaying non-deductible debt or home loans, personal loans is actually quite attractive. Um, when, when then is, is the best time for people to invest? Is it when they've repaid their loan completely or like because we've spoken about so many times, get it started, start investing you know, for the longer term and the power of compounding as I, as I said in the introduction. So, so when should people start even thinking about investing? Well, once again, I think it's very, it's very specific to the individual circumstances because borrowing, uh, sorry, investing, I jumped the gun there, but investing does carry risk. And if you do want to consider borrowing for investment as well, which is something we'll talk about in a second, that can amplify the risk. But to answer your question, when, when do you think they might like to start it? I'd like to see a good chunk of equity paid off if someone has a non-deductible home loan and we just spoke about the benefits of guaranteed return paying that down if somebody is diligent and does that and then builds up a good amount of equity in their home um, and look let's just let's just say they start with uh, 80 percent 
LVR loan to value ratio. So they borrow eighty percent. They've worked over. They've worked hard over a couple of years to to pay that down to. I don't know, let's just say fifty percent. So they own half of their home yeah. outright. So, so if it's a million dollar property. They got a half a million dollar loan. Half a million dollar loan. I look perhaps have a target in mind. Maybe it is when my when I pay off half my loan. Maybe you say when I pay off, I don't know, forty percent of my loan. Ha- have a target um, because when you have that equity, you've built up a bit of a a buffer, a bit of safety. Yeah. Um, then you could look to. Go go back to the to the bank and and re gear or re borrow some money for investment purposes and mm-hmm. and maybe Glenn if you want to explain the the benefits of of why that can be a lot more att- attractive when you borrow to invest. Yeah, I, I suppose one of the attractions is that there's you know there's really no opportunity cost there because you in, in the first example that we were talking about when we were saying should you repay debt versus invest we're talking about someone who had cash, so their option was okay I've got this cash if I invest it. Any return that I get is effectively going to be fully taxable um, versus repaying my home loan that I'm not getting a deduction for the interest. So, it is quite expensive debt. Um, But under the example of borrowing for investment, the big difference there is that the loan that you're taking out for investment, you're getting a deduction for it. So, in a lot of ways, it reduces the cost of that debt, but it also means that the required rate of return that you need is just the cost of the interest rate. So if the interest rate's four or five percent, all you need to achieve in order to um, put yourself in a better position longer term is a return of greater than four or five percent per annum. So the hurdle that's put in place under that strategy versus using cash to repay debt is a lot lower. Um, but also that strategy still enables you to continue to repay the debt that you're not getting a deduction for the interest on. So it is somewhat of a different strategy and the rate of return that you need when you're borrowing to invest in a lot of ways is halved um, because because there's no taxing or because you're getting a tax deduction on the benefit or sorry, on, on the interest that you're paying. So that, that's where I suppose you can do both under that example. But as you were saying, I think it, it is really important that you put yourself in a position where you've got that margin of safety and you've got that level of comfort because one, one of the risks of borrowing for investment is that if you're in a situation where, and we're talking about absolute worst case scenario, let's just say, for example, we go through another market downturn, dividends are cut, you're out of employment for a period of time, that's where you can really get hurt under that scenario. And whenever you're borrowing to invest, you don't want to be forced into a corner where you're a forced seller because you can't meet the interest payments and the investment that you've got perhaps isn't generating the income. So... That sort of feeds in, I suppose, then with on the home loan side of things, you really just want to reduce the debt down to a point that's really comfortable so that worst case scenario, the minimum repayments on that are easily manageable so that you can afford the interest on your loan in the event that maybe if you're buying a property, for example, you might be without a tenant for a period of time. You don't want to have those cash flow constraints um, at, at a bad time because as I said, that's really where people get hurt um, when they go into an investment program because... They haven't planned ahead. They haven't put in place an appropriate risk management strategy. Perhaps they've been too aggressive with their borrowing for investment or their investment plan um, and they put themselves in a difficult situation when markets go against them. Um, So look, I I think you're right as far as getting in place that long-term plan. You can do both, but the timing has to be right. I think you really need to have your home loan reduced down to quite a comfortable level and then you can look at... um, not using cash to invest, but as you were saying, continue to put all your cash towards the repayment of your mortgage, but then redraw it as an investment, 
with the big difference being that the interest on that loan's tax deductible, which depending on what your tax rate is, could best case scenario halve the overall cost. So um, as we were saying, the greatest benefit there is that the required rate of return when you're borrowing to invest is potentially lower than if you're using cash because because of the um, tax benefit that you're getting. Um, is there anything that you could add with that? Yeah, I'd probably say <clears throat> have a obviously build factor in all contingencies that if things go against you, de- definitely very very important. Um, but also have your own ongoing plan. So if if you let's say you're dipping your toe in the water and and you've you've paid down your home loan. Uh, a fair amount of it and, you, and you're redrawing a, a sum of money just to dip your toe in the, more, dip your toe in the water, um, maybe have a, like a regimented plan. So if you keep paying down more of, more of your home loan over the next couple of years, you might, you might redraw, I don't know, a similar amount of what you've repaid off your home loan. So Yeah. Because um, obviously the more that you're investing, um, the greater the impact of that leverage will be, isn't it? Isn't it? So for example, if, you, if you've got a hundred thousand dollars invested at ten percent you're getting ten thousand a year versus two hundred thousand dollars at ten percent you're getting twenty thousand so i'm not saying that you should borrow as much as possible but yeah. as you were saying if you can progressively borrow more in a conservative way it just means that the asset pool that you've got invested is larger so the impact of returns is greater which can help you accelerate that that wealth creation yeah and you need to find the right balance in terms of how much uh, debt you're you're comfortable to have but I think the key message is have a have a plan, and if it's uh, let's say you might do a quarterly a quarterly uh, drawdown from your investment loan, um, so you know you're just getting a bit of momentum, and you in a way you've got a bit of a that dollar cost averaging momentum about it, where you every quarter like because markets go up and down, and yeah, and they're going to be moving around. So if you invest once and kind of set and forget and never do anything, um, but you know let's say six months later the market has a little ten percent dip and that's the time that you're pulling the money out. It just gives you like the dollar cost averaging kind of benefits of periodically investing over yes. time. So dollar cost averaging meaning that you, you progressively invest in the market so that it averages your basically your investment cost, doesn't it? Kind of smooths out yeah. your, your, yeah. your returns in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah. I suppose just, just one other point with regards to the advantages of repaying debt. We've been talking about home loan repayment and, and that's probably the lowest cost loan that most people will have. But when you start looking at those who've got credit cards or personal loans. I mean, credit card interest rates are 20%. So people might think, well, look, you know, my home loan rate's five. I'm pretty confident I can do 10. That's not too aggressive. But when you start moving into credit cards where interest rates are like 20, good luck trying to generate a return that's better than than that. So it's, I think it becomes even more compelling the higher the interest rates are. And as we're moving into a higher interest rate environment, I think that's where the, the bar's raised even higher, isn't it, with that required rate of return. So it sounds like a pretty boring strategy, just focusing on debt. But mm. as we were saying, I think it's it probably is the most productive way to put yourself in a sort of strong financial position longer term, isn't it? Yeah, and obviously those those high interest rate debts of, of credit cards and personal loans are it's a no brainer to, to pay those down because it's going to be very hard to get you know your twenty percent returns consistently by investing. Uh, and also, I mean, we've spoken a lot about debt consolidation in other podcasts, but if yeah. you do have if you do have credit cards and personal loans and a, a lower interest rate home loan, obviously that's probably your first step to, to consolidate right. that debt to the lower interest rate. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And, I, and look, I suppose just with regards to um, repaying debt and then potentially looking at at some point when you've reduced your debt down to what we've said is a, a manageable level and 
potentially looking at borrowing for investment. I suppose that strategy, in a lot of ways, it really comes down to the individual, doesn't it, and what their discipline is because some people just like that one focus. So there's no, although we're saying this can be an effective strategy and one that people should perhaps talk to their advisors about, it really comes down to your personal situation and what, how you best like to manage your finances, isn't it? Because yeah. if you're the sort of person who just works better with that one objective that you can just focus on, then maybe it is more effective for you to defer the, the, the borrowing for investment strategy and just focus on repaying that debt mm. as diligently as you can. One, one thing I speak to clients about is 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 just separating. If you, if you do have a home loan and you pay it down, you re, re-borrow for investment, set up a, a sub-loan account with the bank. So it's under the one facility, but you can you can kind of clearly differentiate your objectives. So obviously your non-deductible home loan that's where your, your kind of priority is to yeah. pay that loan down. And you, you might have an investment loan, which you're not paying that down. You, you might just want to pay the interest and, and obviously keep that loan balance consistent or even increase it over time as you pay down the other loan. Maybe that can help people have the clear focus in terms of which loan they want to focus on paying so down. So two separate loans? Yeah, yeah, just like sub-accounts. So it's the same, It's depending on the, the bank you work with or, or bank you're with, but it's the same loan facility, mm. but just one's for investment purposes which is which is deductible yeah and the other is non-deductible which you're trying it to makes pay it a lot easier when you do your tax return as well doesn't it when you where you've got separate loans because you just got the one loan that's made up of investment and home loan it, it, it can become, it become a nightmare for your accountant to work out okay what proportion of your total interest cost is deductible so what amount can you get a tax deduction for versus what amount of interest is, is applicable to your home loan that you're not getting a deduction for. So probably just a few housekeeping issues there. Mm. Um, before we wrap things up, was there anything else that you wanted to add onto that? Uh, oh, not, not really. Probably just what we said at the start. I mean, with, with, with these kind of things, with compounding, the, the sooner you start, the better. So if you think you've got the, an ability to you know, invest in a way that's appropriate for you and your situation... Generally speaking, the, the sooner the better. So you have the discussion with your advisor and look to get it going as soon as you can. Yeah, absolutely. So just to recap, I think it's, as we we're talking about, it, it is a pretty compelling argument to focus on repaying um, what we call non-deductible debt. So debt that you're not getting a deduction for the interest. So home loans, personal loans, credit cards. The reason being that the alternative to that is to invest funds, but the return on those investments is going to be taxed. So potentially losing half of that return so the the hurdle required to beat paying off a home loan can be double the interest rate you're incurring so under current interest rate environment if it's five percent you may need a ten percent return so once again that hurdle is really high and you're exposed to investment risk so i think we we would agree that the, the best course of action initially is to repay um, debt as quickly as possible um, but then also potentially look at um, down the track when you've accumulated a bit of equity maybe then's the right time to start considering borrowing for investment and getting in place that long-term asset accumulation program. Um, So look, we hope that you found today's podcast very informative. Um, We look forward to speaking to you all again next week. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, Please, as we always say, check out Hewison Private Wealth at our website, which is www.hewison.com.au. You can also find us via the various social media platforms, so Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Uh, we'd also really appreciate if you leave feedback, um, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Um, once again, hope you enjoy the podcast and we look forward to speaking to you all again next week.